You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, New York Giants fans, and welcome to a weekend edition of your Valentine's Views podcast here on Big Review Radio, part of your SB Nation family of podcasts. Ed Valentine of Big Blue View here, and we're coming to you after the Giants have hired Brian Daybol as head coach, teaming him with Joe Shane as the Giants try to uh, Bring some of the Buffalo Bills success of recent years to East Rutherford, New Jersey. And here to help me uh, figure out what the Giants have done here and whether they've done the right thing and, and what Dayball and, and Joe Shane bring to uh, to the Giants is Sal Capaccio, Bills beat reporter for WGR Sports Radio 550 and the Bills Radio Network sideline reporter. Sal, thank you very, very much for taking some time. Yeah, no problem. Uh, for many years, we were the ones contacting other people about their people coming to Buffalo to try to replicate success because the Bills were trying for so long to do that. It's very interesting to be on the other end where people are stealing people from the Bills, essentially, to try and do it. So uh, thanks for having me. So how good should Giants fans feel today about this pairing that the that the Giants have put in place? Well, I think first and foremost, you should feel really, really excellent about Joe Shane. Joe Shane is, I think, top notch. I think he's a rock star. I think um, given if he has the tools and the resources to do it the way he wants to do it, based on what I know of him, how I know him, what happened here in Buffalo, uh, I think he'll have every chance to be successful. And, you know, you never know. Lots of things come into play as you go down that journey. But, you know, from what I know about the or- Giants organization and the stability they've had for mostly, I know the last few years hasn't been quite a stable ownership, things like that. I think he'll get that. Um, so I think you should be f- feeling very, very good about Joe Shane. And of course, you know, what Brian Dable did here in Buffalo the last two years, being in the top three in the league and points scored, being in the top five in the league the last two years in yards on offense um, to pair him uh, with a young quarterback. They're still trying to figure out. And I love the way the owner said it in New York. He said, we screwed Daniel Jones up. Like that's very honest assessment. They screwed him up. And you know, you're, you're bringing somebody in who you think can help, you know, get him back on track. So I think giants fans should feel very good. I think for most, the biggest thing you should feel really good about though, is that relationship. The fact that Joe Shane comes from Buffalo and then he wants Brian Dable and he pairs him with him. That shows you they've developed a very strong relationship over the last four years. And he believes in him. And I will tell you, if Joe Shane believes in Brian Dable, I think giants fans should be believe in Brian Dable. It's, it's really interesting because one of the other candidates for the giants head coaching job was Brian Flores, former, you know, Miami dolphins head coach. And, and I love Flores as a coach. I just thought that, that pairing Brian Flores with Joe Shane 
you know, since they didn't know each other and since Flores had had a a tumultuous time in Miami, I thought that was a difficult ask for Joe Shane. I think pairing him with 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 a Buffalo, you know, coach that he's had success with is probably the right way for the Giants to go. Yeah, I mean, I, I obviously, you know, we can't speak on any kind of relationship he does or doesn't have with um with coach Flores, but he was in Miami with Chris Greer. Uh, Joe Shane was. So I would think that he would at least maybe ask him or talk to him or understand what went down. So, you know, considering what did happen in Miami with Chris Greer and Brian Flores, and how he didn't get along, I would naturally assume that that would obviously play some sort of role in this, but at the same time, you know, Joe Shane, the fact that, you know, he even thought about Brian Flores to this long, um, you know, so shows that, he felt that Brian Flores was a viable candidate. I, I think the one thing that is interesting here that I, I would guess if I'm on the giant side of things, I would say, okay, you have a first time GM and a first time head coach. You know, that's, that's quite the ask. I think a lot of times you're coming off of two first time head coaches in New York, of course. Right. So I think that's part of the problem where you're like, okay, is this the right thing to do? Don't you want experience? But for anybody who's questioning that, I would say, I know you don't want to hear the word patience in New York. I get it. Like it's been a little while, but I think the reason why Joe Shane felt comfortable bringing Brian Dable on as a first time head coach is because they're going to build this together the right way. They're not looking to make the big score right away. I think he wants to build it right. That's what they did in Buffalo. And, you know, Brian came along a year after a year after Brandon Bean and Joe Shane and Sean McDermott, but they built it the right way. They built it from the ground up and they got the quarterback and they surrounded him. So I think that's why you should feel comfortable if you're, if you're wondering at all and weary about first time GM, first time head coach, I think that they want to do this together and say, we're on this journey together. We're not looking for a quick fix. Yeah. I think the giants have tried the quick fix. They tried right. it. In fact, they tried it last off season going heavy into free agency. They've tried free agency three times, I think in the last eight to 10 years. And that's that's the quick fix way. You might get a playoff appearance out of it, but you don't get a long-term solution. So I think you're right. I think it's going to require patience. But my my initial question, let's talk about Joe Shane for a minute. We know he was Brandon Bean's right-hand man. We know that they were good friends. We know that that their relationship changed just a little bit with Joe Shane trying to steal people out of the Bills organization. But I guess my my question is, what do you know about how much Joe Shane did for Brandon Bean, what he was responsible for? Um, You know, because again, he, you know, he's never been the final decision maker. So, so that always is a question. Well, I can't tell you the exact day-to-day, like exact role details. I will tell you this though. I know for a fact that Joe Shane was brought into everything that Brandon Bean did. He, Brandon Bean talked about it. Joe Shane talked about it in his introductory press conference in New York. I watched it and Joe talked a lot about how he was so appreciative that everything Brandon did, he included Joe in conversation. He'd explain, this is why we're doing this. This is why we're doing that. And let's remember, and Joe said something very interesting in that press conference as well about Brandon, which was Brandon, you know, he has the ability to evaluate because he's been on the personnel side. But he came up through football operations. He knows how it's supposed to work with the entire staff, the coaching staff, the training staff and medical staff, uh, PR, things like that. Brandon B like Brandon B knew every bit of the operation in Buffalo. And he does. And Joe has been a part of that. Joe has seen every bit of the operation, how all of that is supposed to work. He was never cut out of the loop. He was brought in 
Joe brought him over from Miami. And of course, as you know, Bill Parcells hired Joe Shane in Miami. He has a good relationship with him there. And Brandon knew Joe from Carolina. So I think, you know, Joe, he has a wealth of knowledge about how, how all of this thing works overall. He's not a guy that's just, okay, we're getting a guy from the college scouting ranks and he's all of a sudden going to come in and, you know, this is our wizard to draft. Yep, he can do that. It's not just a, we're going to get a guy from the business side. He knows how all these things, nope, he understands all that. He understands the entire process because, I, like I said, I don't know the minute day-to-day uh, details of what he did. He's been on the road. He's scouted. He's done all those kinds of things. He helped put the draft board together, all those things. But I know he's been in Brandon Bean's hip pocket because Brandon Bean trusted him to learn all these things. And Brandon knew that someday Joe was going to get a GM job. He's his friend. I think he was grooming him for it and he's helping him. Right. And that's what people do in, in life. They, they help each other try to achieve their success and goals. So I think that's first and foremost, that the, the, the big thing Giants fans can be very, very happy about. You're getting a guy in Joe Shane who knows about the entire operation from top to bottom. You're not getting a guy who's walking in and going, well, I really don't know how this works with training and uh, the, the, the facility and coaching staff, but I can do personnel or the other way around. He knows it all. One other question about Joe Shane. Obviously, I think in Buffalo, if I'm not mistaken, there was pretty, it was a pretty big teardown. Yeah. When when uh, when Brandon came on and when when Joe came on and, and all of that, not only on the roster, but in the front office as well. And there's there's a lot of questions, you know, among Giants fans, because there's been a lot of talk about dysfunction in the Giants front office and about too many Mara family members in the front office and and, and all of all of those kinds of things. And I'm I'm just you know, Joe said the other day, you know, he's not making changes right away. He wants to evaluate everybody. And I like that approach. You don't just come in and push everybody aside right. without getting a chance to work with people and judge people and figure out who you can and can't work with. But in the end, would you expect to see, you know, a pretty widespread overhaul you know maybe on the roster and maybe inside in the front office and and the scouting staff just from you know from what you know of, yeah, of the history yeah, you know, of how I, it was I would done. tell you that I, I would tell you that I would expect that but it might not take it might take a couple years to do that it might be look for example so if Joe walks in there now and he just blows out the front office and college staff and things like that he's losing all of that valuable information that they've done all year on the draft Right. That's what happened here in Buffalo. Sean McDermott came in in 2017. They went through the January, February, March, April, May. Once the draft was done, that's when all of those things started happening because you don't want all that intel to walk out the door. Those people did the work for the Giants. They've been they they have all that wealth of knowledge. Now, Joe, he's also done it in Buffalo, but he's coming in just by himself. You know, he know he even said, I know the Bills draft board one through four. So I would expect that to be a gradual process. Um, he could walk in today and just say, okay, everybody's done. I don't think that's going to happen. I, I would say that because he understands the value of having the people in the building who are there now, and he wants to give them proper time to evaluate and he wants them to finish up their job. You know, the season ends for players and coaches, uh, for players and coaches, the season ends when your last game is over. The season ends at the draft for all the people in the front office, essentially, who've been doing all the work and the scouting. And I don't think he wants to me, he wouldn't walk right in and do that. I mean, that would probably be foolish. Most teams don't do that. They wait till after the draft. Um, so he'll get proper time to evaluate. I can't speak on 
family members and things like that. I don't know. Obviously, you know, you say that they have these family members in there. Maybe Mara says, you know, you can't fire these people. I'm not really sure, you know, how that would go down. As far as the roster is concerned, this is where I would tell Giants fans, you, you're going to have to be a little patient because I'll just, I think there's a very good parallel here to what happened in, in 2017 in Buffalo, which was the bills really had to, a bad salary cap situation. And Brandon Bean said, and he told us when he took the job and he went on radio and he said it and all, he said, when he took the job, he told the Pagulas, the owners of the bills, it will take two years for me to get the salary cap under control. I just, I ha- you have to give me that. And he was true to his word and he got the salary cap completely under control in two years. But in order to do that, they had to trade Sammy Watkins. They had to trade Ronald Darby. They had to trade Marcel Darius. They had to trade Reggie Ragland. They had to do a lot of things and turn over the roster in year one. They started doing that. Funny thing happened on the way to doing that. They still made the playoffs because they started getting the right people in the building who they wanted a certain type of individual. They wanted a certain type of player. They wanted to have everybody on board and pulling in the same direction. And as you guys in New, in New York know Rex Ryan, well, I know from the Jets, this was completely different from a Rex Ryan operation. This was, we're going to start this. We're all going to be very detail oriented, buttoned up. We're going to do everything we can. People remember when people thought they were tanking, right? All oh, the bills are tanking in 2017. They weren't. They said, we're going to tear down the roster, but get the right people in here. So they did that in 2017. They make the playoffs. 2018, they did it even more. That's when the even more overhaul started happening. In 2017 to 18, like that, I remember it was like 2017 season. I think it was a 2017 season. The Bills had $55 million in dead cap, the most in the league, because of all the moves they made to get rid of players. By the time you got to 2019, they were under the cap. They were got, They went out and they signed uh, John Brown and Cole Beasley. They started making moves. It's going to have to happen that way in New York, most likely. Joe Shane's got to get you under the cap. He's got to get a healthy cap situation. And I think Giants fans have to brace for the fact that there's going to be an overhaul of a roster that's coming up in the next two years. Yeah, I think the other thing Giants fans and Giants ownership needs to realize is they've gone through this is the fourth coach that they've had since getting rid of Tom Coughlin, you know, Pat Shermer, Ben McAdoo, Joe judge all lasted two years. This is yet another general manager. They're just going to have to brace for, for a window. That's probably going to take more than two years to get this right. Yeah. And and look, I don't think it has to take more than two years. If you do it right, the bills made the playoffs that first year, they took a step back the second year. And, And what we, figure here in Buffalo is basically they didn't expect to make the playoffs the first year. I think what happened was it kind of went in reverse. They just, they got a few breaks. People played well. The rookie class was good. So they made the playoffs that first year, which was great. And then the step back came the second year where they were like, okay, we built up the equity. People know we're on the right track. I think they had more comfortability, comfortability now in security, even knowing we can kind of take a step back. And that's what happened in 2018. They draft Josh Allen in 2018. He's a rookie. You know, they, they go through the growing pains in year two instead of year one. I think it happened in reverse. I don't know which way it's going to happen in New York, but I think you're going to have growing pains in 2021, 2022 and probably 2023. And as long as that salary cap gets under control, now Joe Shane has, he's got a lot of draft picks there. The other thing I'll tell you is one thing that's always been interesting about Brandon Bean. And I, and I think Joe Shane will do this. Brandon Bean made a lot of player trades over those first two years. Instead of just outright cutting people, he tried to find value for them and say, look, Obviously, I'm not cutting Sammy Watkins or Ron Darby or Marcel Darius, even with his big cap number. Marcel Darius had this huge cap number and everybody's like, oh, they're going to get rid of him. They found a six round pick for him from Jacksonville. 
They go through training camp. They find a team, Kansas City. They trade Reggie Ragland to Kansas City for a, a draft pick, right? I mean, like, I wouldn't be surprised if Joe Shane also takes that approach of, hey, we don't have to, like, outright cut good players. We can try to find value for them. And I wouldn't be surprised if he tries to do that. And you would see some trades here with players. Now, maybe there's no market for some of these guys, but there always seems like there's a team willing to take a guy on. So there's a lot of ways you can do it. There's Brandon Bean has always preached. There's three ways to acquire players, the draft, free agency, and trades. And if you can do it in any of those three ways, that's great. But I do think Joe Shane will very much value his draft capital those first couple of years. He'll probably try to acquire even more draft picks. He'll try to have guys on smaller contracts that are younger players that are coming up and they'll try to build it right. And that's going to take a couple of years to do that. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience, because is it really a vacation? If you're just sitting around like you would at home, you need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected, and 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. So let's talk about Brian Dable a little bit. And when I think about Dable and I think about the immediate expectations that Giants fans have because of how good the Buffalo offense has been, because of the work that was done to uh, to bring Josh Allen along. And, and you can make an argument now that Josh Allen is, you know, one of the three or four best quarterbacks in the league. No doubt. Maybe the best quarterback in the league. Sure. Um, you know, maybe physically, at least the most talented quarterback in the league. But I don't want to go on here for too long, but but this reminds me of when Steve Spagnola came back to the Giants for his second time because he was really successful the first time. And he said, he said, look, he said, coaches are not miracle workers. He said, you know, we, we do what we can with what we have. We try to build, we try to do the right things. And the reason why I think about Spagnolo is because I don't think it's fair for Giants fans to expect Brian Dable to suddenly turn Daniel Jones into Josh Allen. But would your expectation be, you know, with, with a Brian Dable system and and maybe with some personnel help from, you know, from Joe Shane, that that this is finally the best chance that Daniel Jones has to show that that he can be a long term quarterback for the Giants. I would say that, yes, the problem is the window to evaluate him is a lot shorter than it is for Josh Allen to grow that he's already been in the league three years. Right. I mean, going into his fourth year, right. If I do the right, math, right. It's really, it's really a one year window right. for Jones because and they that, have to make a choice on his contract. 
And, and then, and what do you, and, and, and then think about that for a second, because given everything I just said about how they might have to turn over the roster, I don't know what pieces he's going to have around him to properly evaluate him on the field. Now there's a lot of other ways to evaluate him off the field. The things he's doing, is he on the right track? Yep. All we got to do is I remember when Josh Allen's rookie year, let's remember Brian Dable has been the only offensive coordinator Josh Allen's ever had. He came in the league in 2018, the same year Dable was hired to be the offensive coordinator. They got a chance to start on the ground floor and evaluate it. But that first year, Josh's weapons were Zay Jones and a, a, a Kelvin Benjamin who was already on his way, you know, to basically retiring out of the league. Uh, right? Yes. I mean, Kelvin, Kelvin Benjamin with the famous New York giants career. Right. Right. So, you know, the bills traded for him in that 2017 season at the end, but he was there, but you get the point. Like they didn't have like, Andre Roberts. I mean, who are these guys? Deontay Thompson, Josh had nobody really to throw to. He didn't have weapons. They were in a bad salary cap situation still. So, you know, they got, at least they understood that, you know, Josh is going to take some time. We can grow this different situation there. Because Daniel Jones has already been in the league three years. You're going into a fourth year. You only have one year. You can't say, hey, let's see what happens this year. And we'll kind of go through the growing pains. You don't have growing pains to really grow through. Now, they could decide after this year, he did everything right. We just didn't have the right parts around him. But I don't know how they're going to have great parts around him, considering the salary cap and how I believe the Giants will most likely have to make some decisions around the roster. So I think you're in a a bit of a tough situation, like a catch-22. But. I do think that Brian Dable is going to be good for Daniel Jones. The question is, and we don't know this as I sit here and talk with you right now, whenever this airs, we don't know if Ken Dorsey's coming. Is he going to be the OC uh, and the quarterback's coach, whatever. I think Ken Dorsey had a lot to do with Josh Allen's growth and development as well. He has been with Josh for the last three years. What does that staff look like? Um, There are other people on staff that could join Brian Dable. There's no doubt about it. So you're, yeah, if, if Giants fans are expecting Daniel Jones to suddenly turn into Josh Allen, well, then Brian Dable's already a failure because there's no way that's going to happen overnight. But I do think that Brian Dable can properly assess and figure out what Daniel Jones needs. The question will then be, is it too late? And how do you make that decision on paying him and all those kinds of things? That's the tricky part the Giants are going to find themselves in. You know, talk, I'm talking about Dable again, this is another situation where, as you said earlier, he's never been a head coach other than the offensive scheme and the work that he did in Buffalo. And I know he was an offensive coordinator in several different places before that. What kind of head coach, and it's a, I know it's a general question, what kind of head coach do you expect Dable to be? Is he a guy that can build relationships with the entire roster? Would you expect him to call his own plays? Is he a guy that's going to, to be hands-off and let whoever his defensive coordinator is just deal with that side of the ball? You know, How do you think he's going to approach all of that? I, I'm still interested because I think that's what we're going through right now is Ken Dorsey – weighing his options between Buffalo and New York, because is Brian Dable giving him autonomy to call plays? If he says, Hey, I'm still going to be the play caller. Maybe Dorsey says, I don't go there. Um, If he says, no, I'm going to give up play calling duties. And that's been reported. That could happen. So I'm not really sure. Brian always struck me as a guy that wherever he went, he'd probably keep play calling duties, but who knows? Maybe he doesn't. Maybe he feels so strongly that he wants to get a guy like Dorsey or someone else that he says, I got to seed that I got to become the CEO of this, uh, of this team. Let's remember his pedigree, all right? Um, Brian Dable started off his coaching career under Nick Saban. Well, it really was at William & Mary for like a, as a grad assistant, but he under Nick Saban at Michigan State. And then he went on to coach under Bill Belichick for a long time in a couple of different stints. He went on, he was an offensive coordinator 
in three different spots before Buffalo. And in between there went back to new England. And I'll also point out he started on the defensive side of the ball at new England, by the way, he was not originally an offensive coach in new England. So he has a little bit of experience there. He's been a tight ends coach. He's been a quarterback's coach. Um, Obviously he's been on the offensive side for a long time. He went back to Saban, won a national championship at college. This is a guy who has worked under Bill Belichick and Nick Saban in multiple occasions. He has, I think um, he has learned so much about them. He's not Nick. He's not Bill. He's not that personality. He's much more engaging and things like that. Um, But he also worked with Sean McDermott, who I think Sean McDermott, he's the best I've come across at building a team. He's the best I've come across at players understanding and the relationship and the communication that goes on. So I think he's learned from that regard too. I'm super interested to see how all of that meshes. I think whoever he gets for his defensive coordinator obviously is going to be a big hire for him. And however he decides to do it, calling plays, not calling plays. I, I'm just as curious as Giants fans about how Brian Dable will be a CEO type of coach because it is different to be a head coach and the skill set you need versus being an offensive coordinator. Now I will tell you, his players love him in Buffalo. Josh Allen loves him. They call him Dabes for Dable, obviously. They call him Dabes. Like, that's the nickname they give him. Whenever he talks, Brian Dable does about, like, Isaiah McKenzie, for example, he'll say he'll call him Little Man because that's his nickname. Like, that's the relationship they have. His players love him. He has a very, very strong relationship with them. He's built those bonds. I do wonder how that crosses over to the entire roster and managing everything that goes along with that. But having a guy like Joe Shane in the building will obviously help that. There's no doubt. And I'm interested in one more thing. Joe said on Wednesday at his introductory press conference, he said that whenever they hired a head coach, which, you know, they were anticipating trying to get that done by the weekend, that he anticipated the head coach not going to the senior bowl with him. And and I understand that, you know, in the short term with all of the things that 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 Brian Dable has to do in terms of getting acclimated and 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 building his own coaching staff. But I guess the question would be the relationship wise, would you expect, you know, Dable to pretty much allow Joe Shane to bring in players and, and sort of stay out of the personnel side of that? Um, You mean the other way around with Shane, Shane, um, you're asking me if, if, if Joe it, Shane is going to run the 53 and just say, and, and the 90 and pretty, not allow. Yeah, pretty much. Yes. No, I think it'll be collaborative. I think that they will have a collaborative relationship. I don't know about why he would, why he's, he said the head coach wouldn't go to the senior bowl. But my, my guess would be Brian Dable's got a lot on his plate. He's going to have to get a staff going. Like, I mean, we're going, I'm going to the senior bowl to evaluate people. I've been doing this. I'm going to let him do his job over there while we do our job over here. And then we'll, we'll get together and, and we'll make it come together. That would be my guess. It's collaborative. I will tell you that Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott, a big, big, big reason it's been so successful in Buffalo is even though Brandon Bean controls the 90, so to speak, Sean McDermott has a, a very big influence and voice in the room. And they're very collaborative on everything that happens. They, they don't, they don't make decisions based on my way or your way. It's, we have to figure out what's best for the Buffalo Bills. Ultimately, are there disagreements? Of course there are. And the GM has to make the final call. I mean, that's just what his job is. There's no doubt about that. No, I would expect Brian Dable to have a very big voice and influence on what they do personnel-wise. But Joe Shane's got to make the final call. He's the GM. He's the one that runs that, that side of things. There's no doubt about it. So, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't expect that to be 
I mean, that's that's really, I think, the big change in Buffalo that's happened here. The, the big change to me, why the Buffalo Bills have been so successful in the last five years versus the previous 17 when they didn't make the playoffs is they always had stripe of, well, I'm the GM, you're the coach, and this is how we do things, and there's a clear, there's a clear line. That's not the case anymore, and I'm pretty sure that Joe Shane understands and has seen how valuable that collaborative effort is. All right, Sal. Hey, thank you very, very much for a few minutes. So why don't you just let folks know where they can find your work uh, before I let you go? Yeah, no problem. Um, at Sal Sports on Twitter is the uh, easiest way. And, you know, we're going to be staying on top of this whole um, Ken Dorsey thing as well. Whenever that happens, maybe it's already happened by the time people hear this. Who knows? Uh, anybody else from Buffalo? I, I do expect, I, we already saw Antonio Williams, a practice squad running back, go from Buffalo to New York. I expect the Giants to probably target several former Bills that Joe Shane is familiar with. That's what the Bills did when they came here with uh, Bean and McDermott. They they reached back to Carolina in a lot of the personnel moves they made. They bring people in they're familiar with. So I think as contracts come up, whether it's Isaiah McKenzie, Levi Wallace, Jake Kumaro, people like that who are going to be free agents. I wouldn't be surprised if the Giants reach out and tap into that Buffalo pipeline and guys they're familiar with. So we're going to be on top of that as well. Uh, WGR Sports Radio 550. Uh, it's part of the Odyssey uh, network. You can listen online as well. So yeah, sell sports on Twitter if anybody wants to follow along. I just can't wait until until Joe Shane tries to bring Bobby Hart into play right <laughs> tackle for the Giants. Considering how Bobby Hart's tenure in New York ended the first time, uh, I, I, I can't wait to see how that flies. Yeah, it's not flying well here in Buffalo either, but, uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see that there's there's probably some guys he will stay away from in in Buffalo. That might be one of them, but you guys got a good one. I'm really happy for Joe Shane. He's a he's a really, really good guy. I'm rooting for him. I'm rooting for Brian Dable. Brian's from Buffalo, by the way. I don't know if your listeners know that he's from here. He grew up here. He went through a, a really tough time this year. His grandma and grandpa who raised him here in Buffalo both passed away during the season this year, just about a month apart. Um, so you know, we're all rooting for Brian Dable here in Buffalo. I, I hope he succeeds in New York. All right, Sal. Thank you very, very much. And hopefully we'll talk to you again. Anytime, man. Thank you. Take care. All right, Giants fans. That's our show for today. Our thanks to Sal Capaccio for giving us some time and some insight into Brian Dable and Joe Shane. Please remember to subscribe on YouTube if you're watching us. And if you're listening to us on the Big Blue View Radio Podcast Network, please subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thank you, as always, for listening or watching. Take care, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on? Oh, Mom. No. No. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower.